0: next week
1: welcome to talking baseball it's the middle of the week episode the tidbits episode we're talking bubble we're talking player of the week we're talking trevor ploof What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talkin' Baseball. My name's Jimmy. I'm sitting next to Jake, who just hurt himself during the intro song. Trevor Plouffe is in California. And producer Zach is subbing in for producer BBD today, as BBD finds the deadline on another project. Wow, up against it. Coming to you live from the Roosevelt Studios here in the Bronx. Hope you're doing well.
2: Trevor, how are you? Doing great, Jim. Doing real great. I have a little weird thing going on with my computer. I searched for something, I don't know, um, a week ago. And I get an ad for it every single day. Yeah. It's weird. I don't like that.
1: I was going to make a very crude joke. Mm.
2: It's not porn. Related. I uh, wasn't gonna say okay. that. Yeah. I also just started recording right now, so. Nice.
0: Perfect. Give us a clap. Don't worry about it. Content.
2: It's a. It's look. I'll tell you what it is. It's like yes. this. Jump. I was looking at these shoes, and then that brought me to a page with this jumpsuit. Now I don't wear jumpsuits, but they're showing me jumpsuits with the shoes every day. I don't want. I don't want the shoes or the jumpsuit.
0: When are you making the change to jumpsuits? It's too hot. I thought 45. maybe you were
2: searching for the F Me
1: Silly doll from Dave. Mm.
0: Ah, not a big
2: like, blow-up doll uh, fan here. Just not yeah. into it. But Normal human.
0: You'd be surprised by the feel. Um, <laughs> Jake, how are you? I I'm I'm could doing, imagine. I'm doing well. I bet you could imagine. I've heard you've done it <laughs> at least <laughs> twice. At least twice. Happy birthday to your kids when their birthdays come up. Um, I'm doing well. Uh it's pretty Yankee focused, but maybe the only time I'll I'll push the talking baseball people towards talking Yanks. We just had a nice little interview pop up. Um again, it's very Yankee centric, so you'd have to really be looking for baseball content if you're not a Yanks fan, but I can tell him, right? That fuck. We just interviewed Randall Randall Gruchik and he was awesome. It was uh it was more of a conversation than an interview. Cool guy. And he should be feeling pretty good because his Blue Jays are rolling right now.
2: Um, and what are the Yankees doing?
0: They suck, Trash. Anti-rolling. Yes. Suck. They're, they were about to roll, and then the cops came through, and they took everything, and now they're just at a Major laser concert mm. with X's on their hands. The baseball's been good. Yeah, baseball's been good. Trev,
1: I have have some – we have a a big conversation. Trev put out some texts and some feelers, and we will get to that. But I I had a couple small questions for you. Just, you know, you're our local expert. I need to ask expert the questions.
2: I'll try. I'll try.
1: First question. You saw my breakdown with Neil Walker and Bryce Harper and Bryce Harper getting ejected. Best lip reading I've done since uh, ever, people are saying. It was pretty good. It took me, like, all day. So hard. Um, But I got it. That pop-up, Neil Walker catches it on his heels. For people that didn't see, Neil Walker catches on his heels. Bryce Harper never charges it, never catches it at all. Todd Frazier actually really smartly tags up because he realizes that Neil is backing up as a second baseman. Scores on it. You can see Neil look to the dugout or look back at Harper like, what the hell, man? Now, both broadcasts, the Mets broadcasts, Keith Hernandez was like a gas. Like, where the hell's Harper? Why? Why he's got to catch that ball? The Phillies broadcast obviously tried to dial it back a little bit. Like, I don't know if Neil was mad at Harper or just mad at himself for not getting behind the ball. Um, as a pro, he's played some infield, played some outfield. What's your read on that situation? I just honestly want your opinion on it.
2: Let me get serious, real quick. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I. Um... I actually appreciated that you kind of like thought about that when you saw the play. It makes me happy that your baseball IQ is where it needs to be. Thanks. Because that is a play that, as an infielder, you dread that more than almost more than anything is going back on fly balls, um, in general. But specifically there, runner on third base, yes, you got to get behind the ball. So I could I could see both sides of it there. Neil is really, he is just waiting and waiting for somebody to call him off. He doesn't care who it is. You know, whether it's Harper or the center fielder, somebody, he just is like standing there like, I got it, but how about you guys come get this ball? It was up there for a long time, and I don't know if Harper misjudged how high it was.
1: He gave up on it like right away, it seemed.
2: Neil was waving his hands, which is the universal like get out of the way. But mm-hmm. as an outfielder, you got to realize the situation there. I think mainly my stance on it is that Bryce needed to come in and get the ball. I think that's the obvious thing. But you could also say, yeah, Neil, like as soon as you figured out that nobody was coming for you, you got to get behind that ball too, because he had also had time to do it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we're
2: giving we're giving Todd a um, you know a plus for for good base running there i'm sure the third base coach was in his ear like hey like if neil catches this you're going you know so they're watching that intently todd's also an infielder and understands you know catching a ball like that is tough to make a throw but i thought um i thought you i thought you went over it pretty well when you when you talked about that play it's definitely harper's ball
0: did you ever catch a pop-up and get tagged up on
2: um, I was pretty aware of those situations. I'm sure you could dig through the tape and find one. But I maybe was a guy right. that – yeah, maybe not. I was a guy that always told the outfielders, like, dude, call me off. Short stop, call me off, left fielder, call me off. Like, I shouldn't be catching any balls, like, in the outfield. That's like the, it's the truth, man. Yeah. Like, you got to be able to communicate with people. It's a tough angle, yeah. It just doesn't well, make any sense.
1: Next question I had. During the pregame show today, you mentioned – Someone got player of the week. Teoscar. I forget. I don't know who you said.
2: Montas. Who? Montas.
1: Montas, oh, Montas got player of the week. Player of the week. My question for you about this is: Do you know? Like, okay, here's player of the week for me. The only time I ever find out who the player of the week was is if it's a Yankee and they say it on the Yankees broadcast. <laughs> I don't know where it gets posted. I don't know if there's actually honor or accolades to it, like player of the month, maybe. If, you, if a teammate got player of the week, would you know about it? Would you celebrate with them? Would you congratulate? Is it anything more than just like a head nod? If someone on another team gets player of the week, do you have any idea? If someone else got player of the week while you were playing, did you know who they were? Did they put it on a bulletin? What's player of the week? I
2: don't know, man. Uh, you know, it gets posted on MLB's Instagram page. I think that's how I usually see it. Okay. Okay. So I think guys dig that. You get a little bump in the following because they're tagging you. I think guys care about it. Why wouldn't you? It says you're the best player in the world for a week.
1: But, like, as a player, if you're on the Twins and mm-hmm. the player of the week goes to the A's, would you yes. have any
2: idea? Only if I saw it on Instagram. Okay. They're okay. not making so, announcements about that's that what I, That's like what I that. wanted yeah. to know.
1: Like, I wanted to know if there was, like, if what if your teammate gets it? Does the manager? Does anyone in the clubhouse say, "Hey, no. Ploofy got Player of the Week this yeah, week"? Everyone, you know who, give it up.
2: The, your PR guy would tell you, and you'd you'd be happy about it, man. I okay. think I've I've won it before. I'm not trying um, to downplay
1: it. I'm just trying to understand where it like in what attention it gets.
2: You don't get anything for it if that's what you're yeah. asking. And I think when you got Player of the Month, you used to get something for it, like a watch or something. And I don't know if they do that anymore either. But you definitely you get a pat on the butt and an Instagram post and that's about <laughs> that's about it's it not for bad. player of the week.
1: Instagram post is pretty cool. All right. But it's
2: Jake, fun though. Yeah. Like I said, it's it means that you uh, you were the best player in the world for a week.
0: Do you yeah. have any uh any thoughts on player of the week? You just bring it to the arbitration table <laughs> and see if anybody bites on it. Yeah, it's just it's fun. It's just another way to measure stuff and I don't know. I bet there's probably some cool guys have some some cool outliers about it, like guy won player of the week three different weeks throughout the year or something like that. I don't know. I'm um, not trying to. It's knock not to, a brag award. Just try by one player of the week. I think I have. I think I think it's a little. Uh, it's a pat on the ass. I think Trevor. Uh, Trevor said it best there. It's a pat on the ass. Hey, hell of a job, kid. That's what I thought. I was. I would have been in- interested if the answer was like, oh no, if a
1: guy wins player on your week, they're like, you know. No. He gets an announcement and, and the guys clap. It <laughs> <his first at laughs> bat. Yeah. It's like a uh, high school, like the high school announcements. You know, as soon mm-hmm. as you show up to school, it's like you know, player of the week in the AL. <laughs> you
2: don't. You don't have a lot of stuff like that. Even player of the month. I mean, again, it's more just like a congratulations. Maybe your manager will like do something and talk and be like, hey, this guy just won player of the month or whatever. But one, I think the coolest thing if you're talking about recognition during the season and what guys pay attention to, obviously the all star team is important to guys, and I always think that I always thought that was cool. Um, getting together in the clubhouse, uh, announcing the t- the all star from your team or the all stars from your team, and usually you know the organization does something nice for the guys, gets them a bottle of champagne, what have you, and I always thought that was that was really cool, that's special to people. Just because you can always say for the rest of your life, like, all-star major leaguer.
0: Trev, you got one player of the week. August 24th, 2014. I honestly two, don't even know what I did. The two best third basemen in baseball, Nolan Arenado and Trevor Plouffe.
2: <laughs> I don't know what I did that week. I, I felt like I, do. I, you I know probably what you did? had some better weeks than that. But. You batted three sixty seven. With a 387
1: on base percentage, 1.120 OPS. Give me three yackers. Two homers, 10 RBIs, five Ooh. doubles. And you wow. did it all RBIs. against division opponents. You did it all against the uh, Royals, Indians, and Tigers. All right, man.
2: It's huge. That's like, I, like you said those numbers, and I was like, that's not that good. I feel like, <laughs> you know.
1: Well, you ended it with – A three-hit game, a three-hit game, and a two-hit game. So Mm. you ended the week
2: hot. Recency bias. All right. Yeah.
1: And uh, you also got the International Player of the Week, April eleventh, two 2011, for the Rochester Red Wings.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, thanks.
1: In 2007, Phoenix Desert Dogs AFL Rising Star Award.
0: Yeah. Congrats. Chad's pretty happy for you right now, Trev. Yeah.
1: and then with the rock cats you got e a uh, eastern association eastern player of the week um june fourth
2: i remember the the fall league this is a this is a fun little story you guys will like this there we did the all star game for the fall league I don't remember what it was called it's like rising stars i think you just said it mm. and the winning team they gave five hundred dollars cash to each player so you, never, you don't play on Sundays in the fall league. So, Saturday nights are big already. Like, everyone's going out and having fun. Then you give a bunch of, like, 19, 20-year-olds 500 bucks, just cash.
0: Mm.
2: It was a fun night.
0: Just cash in an envelope?
2: Yeah. We, we <laughs> gave back to the local economy that night. We really that's, did. That's
0: the best.
2: We helped the needy what? That
1: That's how they do it? I wonder if they're just Venmo guys now.
2: It was so funny, man. It was like, because I don't think we knew that we were going to get any money. We win the game. And then it's it's Saturday night in in Scottsdale. Mm. T levels are hot. Oh yeah. Pretty sure I was single at the time. Gotta check the timestamp on that. Yeah, but, we'll check the receipts. Um, man. There wasn't any money left that, that night. All the yeah. all the monies were spent in the local economy.
0: It's good to give back, <laughs> people.
2: I, I tried
1: to Google who votes on Player of the Week, and nothing really came.
0: Yeah, that's – I don't know. It's an intern that brings it to Joe Torre.
2: I wish there were more awards, dude. Like, give me more awards. Like, pat people on the back more often. Taste
0: me.
1: Machado, back-to-back player of the week.
2: He did. See, I saw that because Yonder Alonso posted on his Instagram. So, basically, Instagram is where you find out all these things.
1: I wonder if player of the month has ever come from a guy who didn't win a single week. You know, kind of like – olympic gymnastics you win the all-around but you know sure yeah yeah because you come in second every week and that's probably the best month all right moving on
2: Uh uh-oh it's
1: time for Trev, the bubble. The bubble. The, the bubbles.
2: It's frustrating. The, the bubble. The bubbly. Let's talk about the bubble. Yeah. For a while, all we uh, talked about was... How are we going to get the season in? Is there going to be a bubble? Where are they going to play? Are they going to play in spring training sites? Blah, 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 blah. We were the best pod ever talking about what's going to happen.
1: Number I, one. I do miss our um, labor dispute. I hope
0: we do one soon. Oof, can't wait for that here's, again. Here's
1: the clip I queued up about the bubble. Toe. The bubble. Now this air bubble shoots around the heel and explodes towards your face while you drink it. In your face it explodes. okay
2: done got it postseason's around the corner jim Mm. real close 16 teams make it what i'm hearing around the league is a little different than i think what people are seeing out Uh, i think Passon had an article on it a couple maybe like a week and a half ago and you know we have the nba their start they have a bubble the nhl They're doing their bubble. MLB realistically couldn't do a bubble for the regular season. But we know the one thing that owners want is the postseason. So right now, I think the way they're queuing it up is the National League would be in California. We would do L.A. And I don't know if we're only going to do Angels – Dodgers, or we're going to do Angels, Dodgers, San Diego. They're still talking about that. And then the American League would be in Houston and in Dallas. And they'd use those two facilities together. The caveat that I'm hearing is that they're going to go ahead and do the first round at the Higher Seeds Home Park. Because I think there's just too many teams to go ahead and do that bubble, which I think is – Mm,
0: I think it's pretty cool. That's a great tidbit, Trev. I, mean, that I think be a, that'd be a <clears throat> decent reward too. Yeah, I, I think a that's top cool. top four team.
2: And um, I think teams are really happy about that. I'm, I'm not sure guys want to get into the bubble right now. At least that's what I'm hearing, but they're going to have to. Because the bubble is going to be mandatory. Uh, another thing that <clears throat> they're going to do is they, they do want to have family be allowed in the bubble. And this is where things get kind of funny, and we talk about, you know, where do the priorities lie? Right now, if you want your family to come with you, they just come. You kind of got to roll the dice. You know, um, if, if you want to bring your spouse in, you bring her in, you probably should have her tested and then get into your little isolation, whatever you're going to do. But that's not even, you don't have to do that right now in the big leagues you can have anyone come and go and there's really no checking on that no one's making sure you're doing that well in the bubble you're going to have to do it and what i'm hearing is they're going to make families come in and they're going to have to quarantine but they're not going to let that happen until they get into the bubble which would then put these families in a quarantine until the championship series so you might have a family member come out, get tested, quarantined, get ready to go in the bubble, and then you lose the divisional series. And then they just took a vacation to some random hotel room for 10 days, 14 days, and they get to go home. That would be very bad for a lot of people. So what we're seeing now is MLB not really caring about the regular season, but really caring about the playoffs. Because as we all know, we talked about this a million times. That's where the money is, and that's where they care about.: It's kind of what I got on.
1: Yeah, the I mean, the family stuff is interesting. I, I, family stuff is one thing. That's kind of weird to see how that plays out. The first tidbit's game changer. It's really good. And, and you know, might be smart. I don't know. Smart's the wrong word. I don't, I don't I have no say if it's smart or not. But to give the number one
0: seeds home field advantage for at least that round seems pretty cool. I had a good mental chuckle thinking about potential bubbles. And if somehow, some way, the Houston Astros end up having home field advantage in the playoffs because <laughs> they're playing the AL bubble in Houston, oh, my God, the, the Manfred haters are going to go nuts.
2: That's very true. I didn't really think about that. Like, teams actually getting to get to play at home, that's a, that's a big deal.
0: If the Houston Astros get to play their bubble playoff games in Houston, if they get there, I Do- mean, people will go insane.
2: Dodgers, same thing. Padres, same thing, possibly. I mean, at
0: least it feels like the Dodgers would have earned it. They've earned it, yeah. Why
1: would the Houston get to play
0: at home? Trev just said the AL bubble would be Houston-Dallas.
1: I don't like that. Yeah, no. I don't like that.
2: It be a lot easier Smart. for their families. Uh, and for them, obviously, although I do believe they're going to make guys go into hotels and absolutely bubbleize them.
1: So you have to. The whole point is, you know, the credit to the MLB. The season's been going and it's been and we've hit a lot of bumps in the road, but uh, teams are still playing. And you had the time to push the Cardinals aside, push the Phillies aside, push the Miami aside let them get test negative, and then play double headers and make up for it. In the playoffs, you can't have any bumps. So they have to fully bubble. I, I thought it was smart to do AL in an NL stadium and AL, you know, the opposite. So, that, yeah, it that doesn't seem right to do the other way.
2: I haven't heard of any fans being allowed. We're seeing in college football limited capacity going into certain places. I don't think it's going to be that way in California. Texas, on the other hand, I don't know, man.
0: Texas forever, my friend.
2: They kind of, you know, they kind of do whatever they want in Texas. There is a
1: way to do limited
2: fans. I, I, I like. totally agree. I I think families right now should be able to go to the field. I mean, there's a lot of space. You could really socially distance everybody.
0: You just drive people nuts. You drive the fans insane. I mean, you Trev, you've been welcome to it. You see Yankee Twitter. I mean, there's people that... Their lives revolve around going to Yankee games, and there's some people that have been, you know, kind of devastated by the season. So if they start letting anyone in that building, and they're fans that have gone to Yankee games for, you know, two decades, they're saying, "Hey, why the hell don't we have any any right to be there?" So you open up by letting anyone in, that you open up a whole can of worms. And Trev, I'd I like to ask you. Um, You've got two kids, I, I mentioned how you made them earlier in the broadcast um, Wife Let's let's say you're on these Dodgers And you're, you know, World Series contender Serious, serious favorites I mean, are you having, would you want them to bubble? I mean, you know, I, I don't want to compare it to normally a, a long road trip A 12-day a road trip or something But uh, I don't know, I mean, it feels like I, I, I've never been in the situation. I couldn't tell you any idea how my heart would lie. I'm sure I would want my family there, but also there's a lot going on in the world. I mean,
1: as someone with kids right. and a pro, I also haven't been in the situation. But Trev
2: has. I, I think, honestly, I, would, I wouldn't have them quarantine or bubble with me. I mean, I have two small kids the idea of having them in a hotel for that long, unless there was some really cool setup where they were like at Disneyland and there was yeah. shit for them to do.
1: Awesome pool.
2: I just think about them being in a hotel room, me coming back to that hotel room. And like, I, I just don't think it's worth it. I know you're going to miss your family, but I, I, I do believe we're going to see a lot of guys be like no family in the postseason. season. Um, let me, let's just get to work. It's only, it's only a month at, at most which is a long time to so be without your family, right. but I think these guys are willing to you know, make that sacrifice so they can really just get in and, and, and focus on the games.
1: So do you think we should get into the family Linux and see which team has the most players without kids hmm. and they'll probably perform best in the bubble playoffs?
2: Probably. It's a theory. I think I, I would go with that. I think, guys, the, the team with the most single dudes who's in the bubble is probably going to play
0: the best. Do you think I could see that being a storyline like one one team <laughs> says no families we're here as one, yeah, I we mean, are our, we are our family,
2: yeah like now that the more and more I think about it, like there's just no way you know I get it you you want them to be with you and be able to like celebrate and stuff with you, but
0: I mean it it's just lot. seems it's a lot it's. I don't want to say, risky is the wrong word because risk lies in the, seri- the risk lies in the serious stuff. But I mean, okay, I I use the Dodgers as the example. What if it's? I mean, there's so many tweener teams this year. What if what if the Phillies make it? Like I don't know. To to have your spouse potentially quarantine and then they gotta go or whatever happens. I I don't know the. I, it seems like a nice concept, but it also just seems a little little bizarre.
2: Yeah, so I'm looking uh, – the NHL, the way they do families is they need to come in. They quarantine in their own room. So you can't stay with the person that you see right – that you're coming to yeah. see right away. And then they need four negative tests over a span of five days or something like that. So I don't know if MLB would follow that guideline specifically. But the tall ask for your family too. Yeah. You know. It's, a, it's an interesting caveat into an interesting season that I think this has been the most – there's so many storylines for 2020. It's been difficult for us to cover. There's just been so much going on. Good drama. Good drama. A like, lot you know, of drama. On-field drama,
1: which has been good, good and bad. I mean, you got me worried about the Yankees being the eighth seed and having to play that first round in the trop against the Rays.
2: Historically, that. are they tough and, and uh, not play well in the trap? Yes. They play awful. I think that's a lot of people. They play awful at the trap. Yes.
0: Yeah. we talking Yanks? Trev, I know you had some questions for Oh, us. yeah.
1: You said you had questions for us as Yankee fans. Why don't
0: you ask us as baseball experts?
1: Football is back, Trev. And it's time to celebrate. That's right. Football is here. To kick off football's 101st season, DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app is giving all users a no-brainer to start the season. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Well, for Week 1, DraftKings is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in a historic fashion, you would still cash your bet. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Kansas City plus 101 points for all users. So even if Kansas City loses by 100 points, you still win big with DraftKings Sportsbook. That's a no-brainer. Plus, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all users who enter their free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter the survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to take advantage of this no-brainer of an offer. That's promo code JOHNBOY to get in on all of the action. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Forgot to do that in the middle of the show, so a production note, we got to
2: chop that up mm. but at the beginning.
1: I think Yankees are the biggest disappointment right now. Uh, Biggest story.
2: It's in Well, because I talk to you guys all the time, I just feel like I see your emotions and I can read your vibe. And a lot of it has to do with how the Yankees are playing. And I feel like that's like a little microcosm of Yankees. What is it called? Mm-hmm. Yankees universe? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, What's it
1: called? Uh, Planet? No, 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 no. What are they?
0: Yankees. I like universe. No, there is a. Is it universe? Like the actual like their like fan club is like Yankees universe. Yankees universe. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Red Sox okay. nation. Yankees universe. Yeah. Yeah. Of course
0: it saying. would be. Of course yeah. it would be. Oh my god. Yes.
2: Oh, okay. So I also follow some people on Yankees Twitter. I see it all the time. It seems right now everyone is just down. They couldn't. They can't take it. But for you guys, mm. who watch a lot of baseball, mm-hmm. scale of one to ten. What are your New York Yankees deep run in the playoffs chances? Be realistic. Understand that they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah.
1: What do you mean by deep run? Get to the LCS?
2: Championship Series. Chance to go to the uh, World Series. Two out of ten. Two.
1: Right now. I think it can change in two weeks. But a lot needs to happen, so it's a two right now for me.
0: Yeah, this is, this is always the tricky game that me and Jimmy play because it's – I mean, as of right now, they're playing awful baseball. I think they're 5-15 and 15 in their last 20. So, like, if the playoffs started right now, I would tell you, yeah, one or two. Uh, you're praying Colt gets hot and Tanaka can, can drop D. Um, uh, it's – I like to have the glass half full, and I know baseball is a crazy sport. Like, there is a world where in two weeks the Yankees are the hottest team. And I, it would be really cool if that world happens. But right now, they're a disaster, Trev. Ten-run inning. They saved their yeah. bullpen for that appearance. And that's the result of it. And it just seems like one thing goes wrong. And I don't know, man. Uh, you just see a lot of magical baseball teams like the, the 2018 Red Sox, man. Like When that top of the lineup came up or the opponent did one mistake, it could have been a drop-foul pop-up. And it was like, there is blood in the water. The Yanks just have none of that right now. And I I really do think, and it's one of those dumb baseball things that normally I'd yell at someone for having this take, I think it's all eyes on Big Aaron Judge. Like, he's Mm -hmm. supposed to be the leader. He's supposed to be the best player on the team. He's supposed to be, you know, a face of baseball. And it just feels like they're waiting on him. And maybe that's even rude to Giancarlo Stanton, a guy who's won an MVP. Um but the way they are playing, it looks like they're looking for leadership. It looks like they're looking for actual baseball help. And so I, I don't know, man. I really do hope the story changes, and it really can. And I think that's almost – it's a little bit of the frustrating part on me and Jim's angle because I'd like to talk more about how bad they are being, but I also know baseball can turn around. But right now, oh, my God. It, it just seems like it happens
2: so fast with everybody. Like at the beginning of this stretch, you said they're five and 15 in their last 20 games. That's accurate.
0: It's around there. I, th- okay. I thought it was five and 14 yesterday. So doing quick math. I mean, that's 20. We're talking three weeks,
2: right? The first two weeks, it was all the talk was, man, we just need to get Six healthy. And 14. We just need to get healthy. Six and 14. So the first two weeks, that's all it was like, man, Judge is coming back, you know, we'll get Giancarlo back. Uh, and now it just seems like that additional week really has turned the corner for you guys and for the rest of Yankees Twitter. And I've, I just have never seen the, the highs and lows.
1: This is the worst three-week stretch of Yankees baseball I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's not hyperbole. I did all the number crunching. It's the, <laughs> it's the worst.
2: So maybe that explains it. It's just to me, like as an observer of baseball fans, like I'm really getting into it with you guys now. I just have never seen that flip like that.
0: So there's there's also a lot of moving parts to the dynamic of Yankees baseball. And if that sentence sounds douchey, cool. But <laughs> I'm about to put us down a little bit. It's Trevor I I love sports. AOL screen name. Sports Jake. And the I don't Nationals. care who knows. Nationals last year. 19 and 31. Um, you know... A football team that makes a run Like all of it I I love the beauty of sports Nick Foles What the hell was that? Ooh, love that What the hell really was special. that? I, I, that's part of the reason I love sports Kind of anything can really happen It's the original reality TV So like there's a world where the Yankees figure it out Garrett Cole's awesome That bullpen locks in They get healthy And they give grueling tough at-bats And they can play like the New York Yankees But New York Yankee fans have never seen that. We saw the Dynasty teams be the Dynasty. You know, even the one year where their record wasn't good, I forget if it was 99, um, I think they had, like, 88 wins, it was still the same dudes. You still believed in Jeter, Posada, Bernie, all those guys. 09, when they won, I mean, they went out and they made big ads before the season. And it was like, all right, let's go. We're the Yankees, we're back. And... So I think that's the other reason that Yankee fans get this down because you don't, A, they've never really seen a streak like this unless you were alive during the 80s, and then B, it's just not part of the Yankee script. Like, this isn't how a Yankee team does it. We bludgeon. We are the best. We are the Yankees. You fear us. If you're up four runs in the ninth, that's not enough. Yankees right now are on the other side of the script. The bullpen comes out. The other team starts salivating. Which, uh, when, you pl- when you pay Chapman, Britton, Ottavino, and some of those guys the money you do, I mean, you're- those guys' contracts are other teams' payrolls, like, as a whole? <laughs> so, that's, that's kind of the tweets you're seeing.
2: If, if we did a side-by-side screenshot of two weeks ago and then today, you're going to see a joyous gym. Yeah a joyous Jake. And now we're looking, Jim's got a mustache and Jake has two slits in his eyes. There's not a better representation of like the change in attitude than that.
1: Well, yeah, it's also, and I think no one cares on this podcast with the Yankees as much, but they just did this last year, Trev. Like they're going to try and say like, you know, judge will come back with two weeks left last year. Gary came back and played two games. Edwin didn't even play a game in, in the last two months. Uh, Stan came back just for the playoffs. Severino came back, made two starts just for the playoffs. And it was like, oh, we're getting all this help right at the end. And I bought into it. I was like, yes. (laughs) Now they want me to buy into that again. And it's like, no. Like, Judge isn't going to come back, play two weeks of baseball. Judge actually may. Actually, he's the only one because whenever he's healthy, he performs. But, like, Stan, come back and just Go in. And then even the guys that are healthy right now aren't hitting, playing good. It's Voight and DJ and Clint. Like, Glaber's been bad all year. Gary's benched because he's the worst catcher in all of baseball. <laughs> worst, uh, he's the worst hitter in all of baseball right now. And then all the platoon players are got. It's just, you know, they're just bad. I Fu- mean, no one cry for Yankees fans because we've had a pretty good run. Uh, so they're, they're pr- pretty awful right now.
2: I would never say this usually because I don't necessarily believe in it, but where is Boone's role in all this? It seems like the culture there is no good right now. It's- like is he is he on the hot seat, or is this just like an anomaly because it's twenty twenty and we've had some guys hurt? Like
1: anomaly and injuries will save the way. His his job is to be the everything's all right. This isn't who we are. This team gets through tough times.
2: It's interesting because that doesn't seem like a New York manager to me either. That, or Cal- at least a person that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. New Yorkers, Cal- Yorkers would want. Yeah, he's, he's
1: a, a Ca- California guy. He's, he's a, a Californian. Californian. We, in 20, Run, running in 20, the Yanks. His first season in 2018, I think, every yeah. every like other series, we were like, what the fuck is this vibe? And then 2019, we kind of accepted it because they were really good. And it worked with all the replacement players and all, everyone coming up. But, yeah, no, that's, like, his
0: mood. You're, managers, I mean, what, what do they really do nowadays, you know? I think, I think you're either too high on Boone or you're too low on Boone, you know? I, on a given day, I think the lineup card gets handed to him. So when D.J. LeMahieu's not in it, I think Boone's job is to say, yeah, you know, we're, we really want to give him rest during this stretch. I don't think he did. But um, yeah, I, I don't know I mean, your job is trying to keep the morale up And he, he kind of hasn't cracked Which has, I don't know, is almost a good thing and a bad thing He, he visually cracked uh, during the 10-run inning last night But he still came out in the press conference And said, I believe in these guys And, you know, baseball's a grind and you gotta get through it So, uh, I don't know, man I just think, and again, uh, add for the Gritchuk interview that'll be on the Talking Yanks feed he asked us he said what's going on over there <laughs> we're like dude let, let can we ask you questions like have you have you been like mandated an off day and he was like uh, not to give too much away but he's like Montoya told me a couple times like hey you're we're going to sit you tomorrow and i said no and that was kind of the end of the conversation and then he said then i went into a slump and my name wasn't in there one day <laughs> so um <laughs> But did the Yankees operate like they are this different, dominant team that everything is built up for October first? And it's like, well, it hasn't worked in the past decade. And why are we the most hurt team in baseball the past two years? Yeah, because that's I, I think the, re- the rest doesn't seem to be working. I think you that's the
2: crazy thing.
0: Hold on, we can hear. They can hear you.
2: Hello. Oh, we
1: got you. What are you saying?
2: I think that's the craziest thing is the amount of injuries. Like, I don't understand where it goes, like, and why and how and what do you do to fix it. Because no team is built to sustain that. Yeah, they did last year, but that was – now we're seeing probably a lot of luck. Can't do it two years in a row. Can't do it three years in a row. So, whatever. I mean – Well, like the whole- guys
1: – like, you know, Gio was a replacement. And he's a starter now. Um, a lot of that stuff. But the Yankees believe that there's an on-off switch. They believe they can – they can uh, – we're not going to use our bullpen today and we'll just win with whatever we have. And then, okay, this game we're going to try our hardest to win, and they they think there's not an off switch. And I think that's a bad way to play the regular season because
0: you should just be on all the time.
2: Well, yeah, especially in the 60-game set.
0: Especially in a 60-game set. And like last year, when – I mean, the Yanks were great. They won, what, 103? Yeah. And then they signed Garrett Cole this off season, so it's easy to get on the hype train. Um, but also – and – I I hope this doesn't sound too yankees cuz it's honestly what it was. I mean, the Yankees were winning a lot of series. So when if it was the third game and getaway day, you were like, "Okay, if we got to use the bad bullpen today, we already run the set, like let's let's keep it moving." And honestly, I think the numbers showed that. I think they were 27 straight series at home they hadn't lost or something like that. So I don't know. Here's dumb Jake phrase. Winning cures everything. If the Yankees win some goddamn games over the next two weeks and a couple guys get healthy, I mean, I, I think we'll, we'll be ending sentences with like, watch out for them Yanks though.
2: I, I'm ex- fully expecting that to come back. I'm, I'm, I think it's really funny that Grichik asked you guys the same thing. Like, What's going on in Yankee? Field? That's how I feel right now. It's a weird time to be a Yankee fan. Um, I, I feel like I believe in them more than you guys do. But you know I always believe. It's probably because uh, my, I'm not as in-depth. Like, they've been really bad. If so, an, as I'm on the surface level of it, I guess I don't go down into the trenches enough.
0: Trev, if they were 8-1 series, playoff series with the Rays tomorrow, I'd be going, Cole sneaks it out, Tanaka's playoff numbers. Tanaka playoffs. Let so. me tell you, da- Davey Garcia is about to announce himself to the world. That's exactly what I'd be doing, so...
2: It's and I'm We're a human coming idiot. down to it. Yeah, you you can be. Can be. You can be. It's coming yeah. down to it, man. Like the playoff picture is it's shaping up, but there's still a lot to go on in the next three weeks.
0: How many games are left? Eighteen games are left? Ish. Trev, do you believe in lineup balance? This this is one thing that I, I tear myself apart with, too, just about this Yankees team and comparing it to Yankees teams of old. We did an episode with Katie Sharp, who's awesome. Follow her um, just for good baseball stuff, mostly analytically driven. But the, the Yankees are heavy right-handed, but a lot of their guys are kind of split-proof. But at the same time, I'm telling myself if I'm a pitcher and say I'm a right-handed pitcher and my numbers are better against righties, I don't care that you're split proof. I care that I'm better against righties. And I I don't know, man. It just drives me up a wall. So I don't know if there was ever like a Twins team where you had a good lefty-righty balance. But I don't know, man. Like say these Yankees ran into Bieber. They're going to be running out eight right-handed hitters and hicks.
2: I think really what you do when you're trying to set a lineup, and and this (laughs) this is before the computers put them out. I think a lot of the thought process was not necessarily against the starter, although you, you could stack lefties against a right-hander if he did have bad splits. I think really what it was about getting the lineup balanced uh, was for later in the game. So if you had a wipeout right-handed reliever, he's not going to face three right-handers in a row. At least give him a one look at a lefty or something like that. Um, I know the analytics doesn't favor doing that, and really all it says is to put your best hitters at the beginning of the lineup so they get more opportunities. Uh, but, you know, there is – there's still some part of baseball that – God, and I sound like a boomer right now. Yeah. Let it I'm out. A mil- I'm a millennial. I found that out. I keep yeah. – I, I never knew. I, I Googled it this morning. I'm a millennial. Hot. Are we all millennials? I think yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Espo? Espo. I'm right on the borderline of millennial Gen Z. You're with us today. I, some websites say I fall into one and others say I fall okay. into the other. so.
2: That's another problem in America. Where are you getting your news, huh? <laughs> you could be a boomer, or you could be a millennial, or a Gen Z. It just depends on the site.
0: Go off, King.
2: Anyways, as uh, it sounds boomer of me, but I do believe in having some lineup protection. Uh, the, and I again, I I know that the data does not necessarily support this, but I'm telling you, as a confidence factor, you know where you hit in the lineup matters. You know, I, I think that's why you'll see guys like who are struggling, just get the bump and say, Hey, you're leading off today. Mm-hmm. Or you're hitting third today. You're hitting second today. And it's almost like a, uh, an affirmation of like, you can do it. Like, let's go. We're counting on you. And I think that the mental part of that doesn't get, um, because you can't track it. They don't talk about that a lot. But I always felt like I wanted to be, in the middle of the lineup, but I needed someone behind me. I wanted the lefty behind me because I didn't want to have up there. I didn't want to be up there thinking, this guy doesn't have to throw me strikes if he doesn't want to. That's a horrible feeling to have as a hitter Mm. going up there being like, even if I get ahead in the count, is he going to come at me? Or do I have to think 2-0, I might see his third pitch here and get me over. Um, So a lot of that goes into it. And I I think pitchers, as analytically driven as they've become, they still treat it that way too. You'll see them all the time. You look at the catcher, you look at the pitcher. When there's an open base, they always look who's on deck. And whether or not that factors in, it definitely factors in mentally for everybody. And I I, I just, to Jimmy's point that he had on Twitter too, talking about Cleveland and having their set lineup, there's something about that too, man. I was just going to
1: ask you that. Peter Moylan responded and said, like, your brain works different. I didn't know if he was complimenting me or that. insulting me.
0: Yeah. I he think had a rough night on Twitter. I think he was just commenting on the way you, like, broke it down. Oh. Because the concept, I think we all kind of agree on. Like, there's something to that. Like, the Indians, these are our dudes. The
1: Indians show up, and they know the top four hitters, and they don't have to look at the lineup and say, who am I hitting? Who's hitting behind me? Who's hitting in front of me? Do I have to worry about the things – Trev's talking about no it's just like This is in and out I was just Pulling up 2014 Twins it was Dozier Mauer Um Plouffe for the start of the season And then Santana got hat And then it was Santana Dozier Mauer You know and then You know how much does that affect like If you're the one through four Hitter should not you just be the one through four hitter The Yankees rotate their three hitter Whether everyone's healthy Or whether they're injuries They have, the last three years, like 10 guys bat third. They just rotate it nonstop.
2: I really think that's important to have at least one guy that's like, this is our guy. Like, if you have that, I think it really helps, you know, lock a team in, anchor them, if you will. Um, I remember in 2017, I signed with the A's. Uh, Go have an unbelievable spring training. I don't even know what I hit. It was really good. Like, almost probably (laughs) 400 or some shit like that, dude. And I'm like, man, our lineup looks good. Like all through spring training, I'm hitting like four, five, sometimes second. And (laughs) opening night comes. I'm like, all right, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Where am I hitting? And boom, I look. And I'm like, okay, not second, not third. (laughs) And I just had to keep going down, 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 down. And I hit seventh, and I was pissed. Mm. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. And um, so – Anybody that tells you it doesn't matter, they don't know. It matters. Like, guys want to be there if if they feel like they deserve to be somewhere in the order, you know. I think a lot of that is a lot of the lineup making, the feel for how guys, how they're feeling, you know, what could help them get going is is kind of lost now. There's no soul in that computer, man. I think (laughs) – I definitely sound like an old baseball player. I love it. I I really believe in in those aspects of the game, too. The feel aspect. And you ask any baseball player, they'll say the same thing.
1: Well, the lineup thing just seems crazy that, like, you have to, like, not having to pay attention. There's something called uh, decision fatigue, and it's the reason why billionaires wear the same clothes every single day and eat the same thing for breakfast every single day and – you know, you know what Bill Gates is gonna wear, you knew what Steve Jobs was gonna wear, you knew what Mark Zuckerberg was gonna wear. It's the least amount of things you have to think about before the main thing, the better. So if you wake like up that. and you I put my black sweatshirt on and my jeans and I eat an apple and coffee, and you don't have to think about anything before you get to your desk and then you then all your thinking goes to work. Like that's there that's a lot of really smart people believe in decision fatigue. So if you just ease a player's mind about everything, up until game time, pretty pretty easier. And I think that there might be just so much information being thrown at
2: these guys. There's a lot, and you know, all teams also goes ever into preach.
1: court Go cases. You don't want to be in early. You don't want to be to see the judge in their first hour. You want to see them in their last hour. Studies show they're much more lenient because they have decision fatigue, and they're like, ah, fuck it.
2: I like that. I'm going to keep that in mind because I have a few outstanding yeah. tickets right now. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is teams preach routine. Get into a routine, find what works for you, and stick to it. And then when you get a lineup card that shuffles every day, and you don't know if you need to be ready for the first inning, the second inning, if you're leading off that day, I mean, those are wrench into guys' routines. So I think we've talked about it on this show before – there is a happy medium with the numbers and the analytics and a little bit of old school baseball feel i don't think we're there yet i think we're heavily leaning analytics right now and that's okay cuz i think we're getting a bearing on what they mean what their true value is can we can we analyze the analytics mm. you know what i mean like there that'll there needs to be time there hasn't been this informa- hasn't been this amount of information for too long You know, how long do you think the information age has has been around for? Maybe four years? Maybe less? That's why
1: Mariano was so good, man. Zero decisions. I'll throw that one pitch. cutter. Throw that one pitch. That one pitch has to be really good and work. Trevor's 2017 spring training, 370 batting Mm. average, 420 on base percentage, 652 slugging, 1.72 OPS.
2: That got that got me a seventh, uh, batting order position in the opener right there.
0: Put me fifth, Skip.
1: Who batted yeah. ahead of you? Davis, Joyce, Healy, Davis, Healy, Voit, Lowry,
2: Jed. I think we had Yonder was like behind me. He was pissed about
0: that too. <laughs> he wanted yon- to be up. In line. <laughs> we were both like, "What the fuck, man?" The pissed second half. To the Rajay lineup. leading off's okay. Trav, know what maybe we'll do? We'll have to find someone analytically driven to find out the quote-unquote non-analytically driven players on the winning teams over the past few years and why they worked.
2: I don't know what what, – hold on. You're going to have to explain that one to me.
0: So – Couldn't follow that. On the winning teams over the past four or five years since analytics have become hardcore – Find the players that the analytics don't love for whatever reasons, whether maybe it's defensive range or on base stuff or whatever it is, and find out how they did impact it because they were doing good things, but the current numbers don't measure it. Well,
1: the Nationals last year, Turner, Eaton, Rendon, Soto. Bam, 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 bam. Right,
0: but even that was a little not... Turner, Eaton is almost controversial because a lot of lineups would have Soto too. It's old school and Rendon three. So I'm saying, aren't you yeah. looking for anti-analytic? Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. Added to the study. Yeah,
2: yeah. The whole Eaton two. That's such an old school thing. Like, get, can you move the runner over? Can you put the ball in play? You and know, guess get what? Score he, in did. Position. <laughs> he did. He did. He's like, a oh, stud. Man. There is something about the gamesmanship. Okay, if you have, you expect your leadoff hitter to get on base, right? Sure. It's a gu- goal. Then guess what he has to do? He has to be held on. So now there's a hole. So do the analytics support having a left left-handed contact hitter in the two spot? No, they don't. Yeah. But is that going to win you some games? Because he can just turn. He can roll one over. Yeah. It is. So I, like I said, I'm interested to see where where is the where's the plateau. Like we're heavily, heavily anal- analytically driven. If you talk about any old school baseball now, people talk about you like you're a fool but there's going to be you know some regression there some meeting in the middle and the teams that can do that you know the teams that find their glue guys you mm. know who's a glue guy johnny gomes is a mm. a patented glue guy uh mustakis has become a glue guy even though i think he's a better player than gomes good glue he's still guy, gonna yeah. he's a good glue guy uh you're gonna uh uh, pra, uh para. Gerardo Last year for the Nationals. Measure that
0: decibel. Every level.
2: team has them, man. Like I like sh- uh, shout out Lucas Giolito. I don't know when this is coming. Uh oh. Doing we 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 did a sequence with him, and we're I'm talking about. Uh, I'm like you guys have so many like faces of your franchise, dude. I'm like you got you, you got Luis Robert, you got Eloy, you got Tim Anderson. He's Abreu. like He's like, yeah. He's like, but don't. He's like, don't forget about you know Abreu. He's like our guy. And he he goes, and our captain. I'm like, who's your captain? James McCann. (laughs) You know, like he was raving about how much impact McCann has on that clubhouse. Now is McCann the best player? Like, obviously not. But what's his impact? I don't know how you ever measure that. But it seems like every single team has a guy. Successful teams have guys. Uh, and and they, they're not going to show up in the box score. Probably not in, you know, any sort of war or advanced statistic, but they're there and they're making an impact. Yankees need that. Yeah. Bring it, bring yeah. it full circle. Full circle.
1: All right. I think we'll wrap it up there on this one. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Love you. Any final thoughts? Beautiful. Football's back. Jamie Carroll. God. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you. We will catch you next time. Voicemail episode. Love you. Goodbye.